History classes have long perpetuated the misconception that colonization effectively ended with World War II and the era of rapid decolonization that happened afterwards. Of course, this is factually incorrect because a lot of countries still hold remnants of colonial empire, but it also disregards the long-lasting effects that colonialism can have on the indigenous populations that they victimized. Methods of othering, like degradation and violence, were used for centuries to establish a distinction between the colonized and the colonizer, and that kind of trauma doesn't just go away. It can last for generations. Not only are traditional practices and values eliminated, but the colonizers replace those values with their own, which often leaves colonized populations at the bottom of the new social hierarchy. I'm Natalie Grady, and today I'm going to be discussing how this process plays out and how it can particularly affect views on women and LGBTQIA in colonized populations. I'm going to be having a conversation with my roommate, Naleo Farrell, who is native Hawaiian, about how Hawaii is a prime example of the way colonization can shape attitudes towards women and LGBTQ+, among other cultural, environmental, and societal impacts. Hi, Naleo. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank Wonderful. You. Amazing. You? you know what? I'm doing awesome. Um, quick little disclaimer to our listeners out there. Today's episode is going to be pretty passionate, and um, we may get a little uh, excited or angry. So listeners under the age of 13, please get parental permission before continuing. Thank you. All right. So... Tell me a little bit about your family. So, so, so where does the Native Hawaiian come from? So the Native Hawaiian comes from my mom and my dad. So my mom's dad is full Hawaiian, but they say like 87% or some weird percentage because Hawaiian homes who like kind of looks at everyone's percentage, it does it weird, but there's no way someone could be 87% Hawaiian. So uh-huh. I can't. This guy's full. End of discussion. <laughs> so that's all. That's my mom's side. And then for my dad, it's all from my nana. So my nana's around like sixty percent Hawaiian, I think. Okay. So she's pretty up there as well. The thing is, with like, kind of like, with being Hawaiian, you're gonna like cut down every generation. So like, my grandma's sixty, my dad's thirty. So I'm gonna right. get fifteen for my dad. Right. You know, and from my mom. I don't know how that one works. That one's so confusing. <laughs> and it all like percentages with like Hawaiian families. At the end of the day, it really just comes down to, like, what Hawaiian homes thinks because right. Hawaiian homes... So, what's contr- Hawaiian homes? Hawaiian homes was made by the government, and it's Hawaiian... It's housing for Hawaiian families, and all the money just comes from, like... Because uh, all the land is from... Right. Past, like, royalty and everything. Right, okay. And the last monarchy that was around, and she saved a bunch of land, and she just, like, gave it, you know, and she okay, set up right. different things for it. So, that's right. why, like, for example, Kamehameha schools, they have a lot of money. Because okay. it's under the bishop estate. And okay. they own properties all around the island. And that funds their school. And since okay. Kamehameha is a school only for Hawaiians, their tuition is one of the lowest on the island. Or is the lowest on the island for private schools. Right. Because it's funded by all of the properties they have and all oh, the income coming in. Okay. So that makes it a lot really affordable for like families all over the island. Right. Which is good. Um, but you have to have a certain percentage Hawaiian to be considered. For Hawaiian homes. For Hawaiian homes. For Hawaiian homes, you have to be 50% Hawaiian to be applicable to be on the list. Okay. And then from the list, you have to – they literally draw your name out. It's so (laughs) – like, it's so messed up. My mom's auntie, who's been on the list for years, like, I'm sure this woman's, like, maybe, like, around her late 80s, 90s or something. And that her, like, uh, spot in line was just, like, given down through the family. You know, it's my mom's now. Yeah. You know, and, like, my mom's been there. She's trying to get a spot. And my mom went. So then they have around 500 people there who are all eligible to get a house. And there's maybe around, like, 50 houses available. Oh, my God. So so there's this whole front of, well, we're giving you yeah. free housing. Well, like, but this also was like, can't. well, my mom went to it. It was before COVID and everything. So they could have like, right. big events and stuff. Right. But 
she was there. She just had to sit there all day and they just draw names out of the hat. And if you don't get it, you don't get it. And wow. there are other families who have multiple properties within Hawaiian homes because they can work the system. That's crazy. And it just is. And for years, uh, the government and government officials were smuggling, like taking money out of Hawaiian homes. And for years, oh they God. weren't even building houses for Hawaiian homes. Like it was literally stagnant. Like they were barely doing anything. And even now, like it's yeah. barely anything. Yeah. And it's just, which is, which is crazy because the land was taken away in the first place. And I think at some point they're going to have to lower the amount of Hawaiian you have to be because the native Hawaiians, like they're barely they're, people that are 50% yeah, nowadays. Right. You know, there's right. I don't even know if there's anyone that's 100% these right. days anymore. So, so that brings me to the colonialist history because the land had to be taken away in the first place for it to be redistributed like this in some bullshit system. The way that Hawaiians had the land, they split it up into ahupuas, and ahupuas go from the mountains to the sea because that's how the environment works. Oh. That's how, like, you need the land and you need the sea to survive. So every... And like there's Ahupua and they still have it. Like if you drive along like Oahu, they still have signs that show you like, oh, this so is. So were those this like kingdoms or like? No, what? they're not kingdoms. That's just how they govern the islands. They split oh, it all up, and there was okay. there was like one like chief of each Ahupua. Oh, okay, and right. There was a chief of the island, right? And then there was King Kamehameha, who was ended up like uh, combining all the islands together, and right. then he was like the chief yes. of all of the islands. And they they consolidated under him after they first had European contact. That's mm-hmm. what I read. So. The Europeans came in, like, 1778. James Cook. I think you told me about him, how, like... Captain Cook. They, ki- <laughs> they killed him. They killed him but, and ate him. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of people, a lot of other people died. But um, mm-hmm. after that, Hawaiians unified under one monarch. Yeah, so that's what you're talking King about. Kamehameha. So King then you Kamehameha. have Kamehameha schools. Okay. Oh, okay. Like, the story of King Kamehameha, he was actually, like... People were, like, hunting him. Like, they didn't want... Like, when he was first born. Like, they didn't wow. want him to be alive. So, like, he was running away for a long time. And then he finally came back, you know. And he was, like... He was monarchy, you know, already. Yeah. I'm not sure why he had to run away. I forget it. But... Wow. He did come back. And, like, that's, like, why he started to unify the islands. And he did have help. Like, he had uh, consultants. And they were all, like, white missionaries. Right. And then... And some, like, um, depictions of, like, different fights. You can see there is firearm right. used because, there, like, there is yeah. the introduction of it. Wow. But then before, like... Before, like, the missionaries came and, like, how Hawaiians fought, like, they used to run across, like, the mountaintops. Right. Like, the cl- like the, literally the tip of the mountains, <laughs> run across that shit. And, like, oh that's how they, gosh. like, attack each other. And, like, because you want the highest vantage right. point. And, like, right. at this point, like, these guys seem, like, really unrealistic. Like, for <laughs> example, there's, like, the pulley. And there was, like, this fight there. And at right. one point, King Kamehameha, he was, like, pushing this chief and all of his men, like, off the side of the pulley. And this is just, like, a cliff. Like, he's there <laughs> pushing them off. So then that's why at the bottom of the pulley, they've dug up bones, wow. hundreds of bones before. Because that's, like, all these men wow. are just down there. And it's that's just, like... Insane. And it is insane, but, like... And it is, like, brutal and fighting, but... But it's also, like, necessary. That is. Well, and that's the other thing, is that it's not, you know... wasn't War wasn't brought by colonialism, but I think it was made more deadly and also just more... With the introduction of, like, more weapons. Unnecessary and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, like, I think unifying the islands was, like, good, you know, and it was, you know, apparent that what was going to happen, some chiefs weren't going to agree with what he wanted to do, and, like, some chiefs saw him kind of as, like, a bastard or something. Yeah, but... yeah. It yeah. was important in the long run. Yeah, and then and then I think it wasn't his sister, uh, Queen Leliogalani. I think it was maybe his sister or like his descendants. Oh yeah, sister. Des- descendants. So his like, descendants. It goes sister. from like King Kamehameha had kid. multiple wives. Okay, like, multiple, and that was like a normal thing. Right. No, you know? that's that's actually interesting because that has to do with um, sexuality too. I was reading that it was really common for like chiefs to have multiple partners, but not only men having multiple women partners, but women having multiple male was, and women partners. And, and, and also the chiefs had male partners. It was totally normal. It was just normal for everyone to mix together. I'm like, the, it was so interesting to me that the missionaries came in and they're like, why don't men and women eat together? And I'm like, I'd rather have us not eat together and be able to have the yeah. sexual freedom they did without yeah. any judgment. Yeah, and it it wasn't, it was also, it's interesting because I don't think it was necessarily women have to eat apart from men because they're less. It's just like women and men are two different groups. They're just eating separately. They have different responsibilities, different schedules, different whatever. So it makes sense for that to happen. But I think 
for, you know, the white colonialists to come in and be like, that's barbaric is hilarious. Because and it's just they, like the biggest thing they need to realize is growing up in Hawaii now, like from the beginning of like ancient Hawaiians to now, when you grow up, you grow up in a community. Yes. Everyone is taking care yes. of you. And that's how like the Hawaiians were. They were together. They were a community. And Everyone grew up together. And, and that's, they actually say that's why a lot of chiefs would have multiple partners is because it showed love for multiple people in the community, not just women, but like men and women. And it showed like respect and affection. And a lot of people had multiple partners because they were such close knit communities. It wasn't seen as wrong. It was love for everyone. And that's like how they built so much trust. And like, yeah. And that's why like the colonizers thought like what our copy system, which was like the laws we had in place were mm-hmm. so like you know, odd, and, like, maybe some of them worked to them, but, like, that's what they put in place, and it was obviously working for them, and it was obviously protecting the land. And it wasn't a patriarchy. I actually read that it was a... I don't remember what it's called, but it was it was based on more bloodline genealogy. It wasn't based on gender. It wasn't, like, men were higher status than women. It was just, like, your status depends on what your bloodline is. If you come from a strong bloodline, you know, like... That's all that matters. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You're, like, gender and nothing. Because they saw, like, everyone, like, you're all strong. Right. You know? And so it's actually interesting because I read that um, in this article. I think I was kind of talking to you about it. Mm-hmm. But it's the by Rebecca Stotzer. Mm-hmm. And she said that the colonists came – or the colonialists came in and they made laws. Um, basically, that – a lot of them were on sex-related crimes because they didn't want that much, like, free sexual relationships. They said they thought that was wrong. So they made new laws that not only uh, punished that, but also made women, sub- uh, subjugated women to their husbands and made women, like, so they came in and said that's how things had to be. That Their whole law system that they forced on Native Hawaiians was based on separating well, the genders. Also, like- drives me crazy too is looking at hawaiian women in a western fashion they were so offended by these hawaiian women walking around with just a skirt on and they're like dressed out and it's just like they live on an island these women Mm -hmm. like it's hot like and they also have gorgeous long hair and like they would be like covering their boobs like all the time and it's like yes like what like they would have some sort of some sort of top and like they would have like kapo and they would which is, like, the material that they made through yeah. um, uh, trees of, like, a certain type mm-hmm. of tree. And they could just, like, wrap it around them and it'd be kind of just, like, a dress. And they could tie it in all different ways. Yeah. But it's just the fact that sometimes, you know, they just had their boobs out. And it's just, like, it's an island. And you then you see all of these, like, beautiful Hawaiian women, like, covered, like, in, like every inch of them just covered in these, like, clothes. And I'm, like, yeah. how are you surviving? Like, you live on a... Like, no, it's... And, and that's, again these especially like christian men who came over these missionaries it was like you see these women who aren't wearing shirts that's inherently sexual to these men and so they think that's like a perverted sexual thing so automatically these women are already sexual objects already they come in and and you see that so much in indigenous populations when when colonizers come in they just like they in movies and stuff too there's like this shock like oh my god like their boobs like and then they're made into objects and that's why they're constantly abused and raped and used as those kind of objects because those men just see that as like an open invitation because now it's just that whole idea of like oh they're just like you know they're interesting they're tropical island yeah you know they're like they're supposedly going to be like you know free or something just because we don't look like like all the typical like other women that they're around when they're growing up and it's just like it is hard for me, though, in a sense, because, like, being mixed, yeah. you know, in Hawaii, yeah. everyone's mixed. So you're not going to really see, like, a full Hawaiian exactly. woman. So some Hawaiians are going to see her and think, oh, they're just, like, white. And, you know, and that's yeah. kind of hard to deal with, too. And because it's just like, hey, I'm not. And that right. also brings me to, like, when people group Asian and, like, Asian and, like, Pacific Islanders, yeah. Pacific Islanders together in one group. And it's just like, I am Asian and I am, like from the Polynesian Triangle, I'm Hawaiian, but that doesn't mean that we're one group. Yeah. You know? and, uh, because no, I didn't grow up in Japan, you know, just because I'm Japanese. You're talking about how you know? different the cultures are. Like, it's literally so different. And and it's, it's I mean, it's meant to be, like, helpful and stuff, but, but it's, really it's, it's just, like, grouping. sometimes. Like, I, like, I already feel, like, you know, not recognized already, yeah. you know, like, as being, like, Hawaiian. Like, I don't even recognize, like, feel recognized sometimes, yeah. like, among other Hawaiians because I don't feel like I'm Hawaiian enough. Yes. And it's just, like, scary. Like, 
like I hate and to think is, that I'm already going to be grouped into yeah, something even bigger. Because no matter how different you are, you're all lumped into the same kind of. And also with fetishization and stuff, like I was how you were just saying, you're like exotic. You're like yeah. you know, a lot of white people and a lot of those colonizers would just group everyone together that didn't look white or that looked you know what I mean so it's just like so it's always been grouped not only and especially women too I just think that it's just like and because a lot of the violence that's been happening recently is against women who are Asian American Pacific or a Pacific Islander but like I think it's interesting that you see in Hawaii just being the location it is how different those identities can be and like I personally like when they would say stop Asian hate, like, they shouldn't say stop Asian and Pacific or Pacific Islander hate because, like, as a, like, a Pacific, Pacific Islander, like, as a Hawaiian or, like, a Samoan, like, they don't look Asian at yeah. all, you know? Like, the people that are, like, that are getting hate for being yeah. Asian, like, they look, like, very, like, Asian, you know? Yeah. Like, they don't look anything like a Samoan person or, like, someone from a Polynesian yeah. Triangle. So it does confuse me because, like, I don't want to be grouped into, like, someone else is suffering like yeah not because exactly. like i don't because feel empathy because like that's their problem like they should get the attention they deserve yes and we need to recognize the different struggles like the different history because there's such a different history when you compare hawaii or japan like think about the difference in the way that they were colonized japan actually became a colonizer because like I, like in world war ii you think about like when like the Japan like bombed Pearl Harbor, mm-hmm. there was so like and internment camps. There was so much hate towards anyone that was Asian. Yeah, you know, like I've read book. Like I think I read a book one time about like this Asian family, you know, living during that time, and they had to make sure that their houses were boarded up, and they're like these kids. Like it was a kid telling the story, and she was bullied at school for like being Asian. And everything. It's just like I know that I am Asian, but I don't look Asian enough for people to see me on the street and to like like hate me you know or like show like you know say something at me you know right but it does like I do feel for the people that are dealing with that and it's just like they need that attention yeah you know like it's about them yeah not like a not like a bigger group and like a bunch of other people that like and again because you have to acknowledge the different ways that people are struggling because Mm -hmm. there's like just even looking at Hawaii there's such a deep history behind everything that happens but it's the same thing with people who are Asian or you know what I mean so it's It's just like you, you have a separate History that should be acknowledged. It should be acknowledged in both ways. Like, neither one is worse than the other necessarily, but they're still so different. It's like, it's like there's a different reason why men fetishize like Hawaiian or Pacific Islander women Mm -hmm. and Asian women. There's different reasons, there's different historical reasons behind that. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I don't get why now they're like decided to just like group us together. Yeah. Like, Like, now. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. And I mean, and and that's the other thing too, is when I was looking at studies of like being uh, LGBTQIA in Hawaii or being a woman in Hawaii, a lot of the research doesn't, doesn't look at native Hawaiians specifically. It's like everybody who's of native Hawaiian or Asian descent or, you know, any, any descent and it doesn't matter. And like, I think, and this one study I was reading, she was like, I didn't do the research on it because I can't do this whole study, but it should have been done. Like someone should have specifically looked at this because what's interesting is it is a different experience. And, and, and one of the things that she said, um, I have to find it, but there was a survey done. Oh yeah. So in the survey, I remember kind of telling you about this a little bit, but native Hawaiians tended to feel who were, who were identified as queer tended to feel a lot safer in their own communities like in their own and you like you said super tight-knit communities are raised by everybody basically mm-hmm. in your whole community but they also were they weren't abused or or there wasn't violence committed against them more than other um lgbtqi people um who were asian or or you know what i'm or white even but there was more sexual abuse like mm-hmm. more rape and like sexual abuse and that even just makes me think that to me, that means that Native Hawaiian um, people who are queer may be targeted more in a sexual sense because of fetishization, mm-hmm. you know? But they have these tight communi- tight-knit communities, but then there's also, like, the sense of not being safe on their own island because, because of other people because of outside of their communities. And that causes a lot of problems, like you were saying, not only just with women and, and people who are queer, but also just with the environment. 
Just the like, amount of, like, people moving in and tourism and, like, the fact right. that our island, like, the state of, like, Hawaii cannot survive unless we have tourism at this point. Right. There are too many people living on our island. And, like, with tourism, like, and with people like, oh, I want the island life, it's kicking everyone out. So there's a strong, like, loss of, like, like there's a strong loss of community. Yeah. And that's why, like, I feel like more and more of this is happening because, like, more there isn't a community you know like everyone's kind of becoming like a stranger to each other and like I hate that like that's not what Hawaii's supposed to be about and the fact that like I can look back on like and hear what my parents talk about Hawaii being and then seeing it now yeah and it's just like insane it's also interesting how your own history even even if you're trying you're trying to like regain the sense of like cultural heritage and community but like your history's kind of been erased and taken away from you yeah because so many ways when the missionaries came like at one point like our culture was like it was against the law it was banned you cannot dance yeah you cannot speak hawaiian and it's just like there was such a huge loss of culture and now like with being in hawaii like it's a give or take. You either go to Kamehameha or immersion school and yeah. you completely immerse yourself in the culture and that's all you do your entire, like, K through right. 12. You know, and, like, I do love my culture, but I also, you know, love other things that I yeah, want to yeah, learn, yeah. too. So that is hard when it's just, And that's like, also interesting, too, that you have this identity that's not just, like, Native Hawaiian because Hawaii isn't just Native Hawaiians. It's, like, the, the, all of this influence... From a capitalist, might I add, society. It's literally just like... It's, it's just pervading your everyday life. So obviously you're going to have a very separate identity as well. But it's like you have to be able to kind of have those two things together. But like some people are only having one or the other. It's know? just like Hawaii is such a big culture, like mixed, like cultural mixing yeah. pot. And yeah, yeah, yeah. like I've always seen that. I've always known that. But surprisingly, I just never got to like learn enough about my own culture. Yeah. You know, like being at my school, like I was at a really good private school, like probably the best on the island. Yeah. And what was funny to me, like hysterical to me, <laughs> was that Asian history was mandatory, but Hawaiian culture wasn't. We live in Hawaii. Like our, our school is literally called Punahou, the new spring. The land was given to missionaries <sighs> by native hawaiians and the fact that hawaiian like like hawaiian culture isn't a mandatory class and the fact that oh my my sister who is graduating this year as a senior from college was in the first like high school class to finish a native hawaiian like the language from freshman year no from seventh grade all the way to senior year she was like one in the first class to do that because they were so late to finally make and a class in high school to teach Hawaiian. After the language was systematically and violently taken away and removed and 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 censored by the West when they came in and like colonized and especially the well the United States especially but also the missionaries. The fact that it was taken away and then the US issued like some kind of apology but they won't take steps to say, you know what? We colonized this place and eradicated the culture, and maybe we should give a little bit of money to restoring it. They are still it. letting a white man own a Hawaiian island. Oh, yeah, that guy who just bought an island? I'm pretty sure maybe, like, one or two is owned by, like, white men. And it's just, like, why do you, why is, how is that my, why is an island for sale? That is a Hawaiian island. You know how many people, you know how many native Hawaiian people, for example, my own sister who had to move away and has to live in freaking Arizona? Yes. Because she can't afford the prices because in the prices Hawaii. to live there are I so high. I can't like see my niece my nieces and my nephew grow up because of like the high prices. That like, is literally, it literally what breaks my does. heart. Like, it takes away what is yours and then makes you pay more for it than the people who took it from you. The houses, like, like, and and like you said, so many people have to move to go to college. Like you, like you came here for college, just like for the first for your first choice. Your sister left for school, and also the military thing too is interesting. As because well, like but. my brother, he well got his girlfriend pregnant in high school when he was eighteen. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but Sorry. then he like he enlisted right after, you know. Yeah. And ever since then, like he lived in he lived in Germany at one point when I was like a toddler probably all the way up to maybe when I was like eight and then he moved to Sacramento California and he's been living there but 
he's been never home. Like, yeah. I don't see him anymore. Like, yeah. after he turned, like, 18, like, he was pretty much gone. Yeah. You know, and, like, I love my brother so much, but, like, he had to do that. Like, he had to make that sacrifice to keep his family, to, like, be able to live and, like, pay for his family. <sighs> and that's what capitalism does, too, is it that it doesn't take into account the 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 value of the things that it's, like giving a monetary value to so like the value behind it is how you said they'll take over sacred lands and they'll like build houses on it or that telescope that you were telling me about monica yeah they'll build shit on sacred land that has so much meaning to people that that genuinely is so connected to their culture and heritage that is yeah it physically it gives you pain and yet they're like well you can't buy it from us and it's just Wish like, you could, but we're going to sell it to this white guy because he can. But it's not yours to sell. It's, it's not just, It's not. There's, and it just kills me, you know, because, like, Native Hawaiians are related to the earth. You yeah. Know? Like how I told you that story about the firstborn from the two, like, Hawaiian gods. Yeah. The first two gods was Kalo. And that's, like, a plant, like, the main plant in Hawaii, yeah. you know? And that's, like, our kind of – that's our starch. Like, that's kind of our – Yeah. <laughs> um, so then – like, after planting the stillborn, Kala grew, and that's what it yeah. was. And then the second child was man, and that's why man and Kala are related together. That's why man and, like, the environment are related all together. One. That's yeah. such a strong thing for Hawaiians. And Mauna Kea was so heartbreaking to see because you saw, like, these kapuna, like, these elderly people, like, being pulled off the streets, yeah. like, pulled off the road because they're just, like, <laughs> they're, like, like uh, protesting, you know, yeah. peacefully. And it just, like, it kills me. You know, they're just, like, they're chanting. You know, they're just trying to, like, stay there and, like, save their land. you see these, like, police officers come in. And, like, so emotional. And and the fact that, like, you know, some of these police officers, too, I feel bad for some of them, too, because, like, they don't want to be in that position. They're being paid by the government to work against their own people. Yeah, and it just hurt because at one point, like, this, like, woman, like, came up and she was talking to, like, everyone there. And then she was a police officer and she started speaking Hawaiian after and like translate everything she said before. And everyone there was just like, no, no, like don't speak away. Like bad, like bad, like get out. Like you should not be here if you're going to do that. Well, Cause it feels like a betrayal. And you know what they also did is while they were up there, because the, the protest lasts for a while because they were blocking the main road for all the right. construction equipment to get up to Mauna Kea. Yeah. And at one point they built like a little like makeshift like school there, a little library because mm-hmm. there were kids that were staying there with their parents, you know, because some of these people were there day in, day out. Like they quit their jobs to stay there and right. to like protect it. And like I completely. They shouldn't I completely, have to. And then they tear down their the school. They like ripped it down like. There was little chins. They got a chainsaw and they chainsaw right through like the Hawaiian flag. And it was just like That is so messed up. And it was just kills me because like Mauna Kids all over a telescope. And all a telescope that nobody else wants. Like none of the people whose land it is want it. So why are you doing it? Because you know, they have like there was advertisements from some people where they're just like, it's necessary, you know, for like research. And I get that. But what about the 13 other telescopes that you have up there? Right. And six of them are down. They are not even being right. used. And all the trash that has been dumped up there. But what about that? So why don't you clean all that up first before you start trying to do something new? Like start trying to yeah. like, and then just rebuild on the land that you've already like messed up and digged into instead right. of trying to go to a completely new site and disrupt even more land. Literally. And what's even sadder too is like how, I mean, we were kind of talking about this as well, but like people who grew up um uh you know who are older who are an older generation usually like have some internalized hate and internalized racism and that kind of thing towards themselves and it's like so they try to be more western or not even more western or they try to cling on to something else you know it's either like one or the other and I think you were kind of talking about that but that's also like the fact that colonialism not only took away the, the culture that was helping. I mean, people were happy. Like, and I, sense I don't want to say it's just, it was perfect. But yeah. Pride and community and language and culture and sexuality. And, and they just like subjugated everyone and made everybody fit into a box. They and subjugated then, everyone to the same suffering yeah. that everyone else in the West was doing. And I yeah. was just, no. And nobody wanted it. And so now people are still suffering, but to succeed in the society that's been laid out you have to kind of ditch your own like your own culture and kind of like ditch that that um obedience you know that like connection because 
you're supposed to be American, you know? That's the other thing that gets me is that Hawaii is a U.S. state, but it just feels like it it shouldn't be because it's, it's like... People think it's not. People think it's a foreign country. Yeah. I've been told, I've been asked, do you ride to school on a dolphin? Do you live in a grass shack? And the fact <sighs> that people are so oblivious to what actually goes on in Hawaii is heartbreaking because that's why this continual stereotype of oh like i want to move to hawaii like no don't we already are having to leave because like they don't realize like there's already so many problems there like please don't bring like just don't come here because you think it's going to solve all your problems by going to the beach like yes because you're also ruining the beaches because like yeah do i love going to the beach am i so privileged to grow up on that beautiful island yes but it's like I'm but Hawaiian. Yeah. I deserve to grow up where my ancestors were, yes. where my family's buried. Like, yes. I deserve to be there. And yes, it's beautiful, but that doesn't mean everyone has a right to it. And you know what's crazy? When the missionaries came over, they gendered the islands as female. They said, like, she, like, the sister islands. The Like, they, they, they made them into women that had to be... That had to be civilized by men that needed the touch of men. I mean, honestly, they kind of, like, sexualized the islands. They did. And so now you see everybody thinking they have free reign over it. Because, like women, people assume that it's, like, a commodity that you can just touch and use things from. And you don't have to give anything back to it. No. Like, my island's dying. Yes, All of them are dying. And I'm like, please (laughs) stop. Because it's killing me, too. Yeah. It's, like, it pains me to, like, see... Like, the amount of sunscreen that's in the water that literally yeah. taints the water. And the amount of, like, the the amount of coral reefs that have been destroyed in the past just 20 years yes. is astounding. Because all the tourists that go there and even people that move there, they don't have a personal connection to the island. So they don't think to make, take some time out of their day to buy reef-safe sunscreen like if you go there you and they have don't think to about learn. it because they don't feel connected to it and it's like if you're gonna live there then you have to put in that effort because the people who grew up in these communities and their descendants are from this island like they care about it because they have to and because they love it like it's our you responsibility don't have that love for it so that's why it's so unfair that the people who don't have love for it have so much control over it all those corporations all that stuff they don't care like (laughs) literally i it's hard to think about all the time you know and like hawaiians like a big thing for us is responsibility and like the hawaiian word for that is like kuleana and it's your responsibility to take care of the land because the land's taking care of you and what's also interesting is that because there was never this like patriarchy i was actually reading about it that 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 familial relations and also just love is not like paternal or maternal and also like that sense of responsibility it's not like maternal as like how it is I feel like in in mainland U.S. and a lot of places where it's like mothers and women take care of things and take care of everything but I don't think it's gendered in Hawaii and it also makes sense because I you call like your friend's mom's auntie but you also call their dad's uncle it's not just one because I also think here it would be more common for that endearment to be with a mother not with like everybody but everyone has the same kind of endearments and relationships yeah, where it's like it doesn't matter if you're a guy or a girl you're going yeah. up to your auntie and uncle giving them a kiss on the cheek when yeah. you go to the family parties end of discussion exactly like that is how it is exactly and like i think that like calling everyone like uncle and auntie like is kind of just like that one kind of thing that kind of carries on like from like family. ancient Hawaii. Yes. that's everyone's yes. family on the island everyone like, everyone's family no matter what part you come from like because that's how you show people respect right like by calling them like uncle and auntie because that's supposed to be like hey you're like above me you know you're yeah. not like i don't want to say like old but you're just res- more it's showing respect for people who are older than you but also saying we're related like i'll treat you like family like it's yeah. like that it's, just, it's, it's crazy a, it's, it's a very like just so much respect that people automatically go into yeah. and the thing i love about hoi i'll give the best example my mom <laughs> gave was potlucks potlucks in the mainland versus potlucks in hoi potlucks in hoi you're going to get anything you want. You can get chili, yes. you're going to get rice, you're going to get, like, beef stew, you're going to get five different types of meat, you're going to get, you know, hamburgers, hot dogs, like, chips, yeah. drinks, like, anything you want. Because everyone goes to bring their best, to bring the most, because everyone wants to give the most to everyone. Yeah. And you go up to the mainland, and I'm just seeing some hot dogs. And yeah, there's some, <laughs> and some chips. And I'm like, 
And I'm like, there's not, no, there's yeah. no sense of like giving more, like giving like all you can, you know, I yeah, feel like that's exactly. such a big thing that like I've learned like growing up there is like you give everything you possibly yes. can, you know, like that's what you're supposed yeah. to do. And that's just why I love like being in Hawaii because I feel like Hawaii, like people in Hawaii are a lot more like considerate of each other, Yeah, you know, and like, and like you said, you were raised by like, you were raised by like a village, like it takes a village. No, it really I was does. raised by a village because like my close family consists of maybe like a hundred or like yeah, a hundred people. people. And it's just like, these are all like, you know, really close people to me that have yeah. like made somewhat of an impact in my life. Like yeah. from now, I mean, from like when I was born to now and it's yeah. just, I just can't seem to find that anywhere else. Yeah. No, no, and, 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 and you shouldn't have to leave, but a lot of people do because of the rising prices and because there's not enough housing and like they say that they give housing to native women. I don't want to be a tropical not- prostitute to no, survive no. on my island. And that's another thing is that a lot of people are forced to go into that kind of profession. And you you were also talking about um Mahus. Oh yeah, Mahus. Mahus. I was reading about how a lot of Mahus on Hawaii, just like pretty much every other place, but originally they were recognized as like kind of intersex like mm-hmm. a third gender and we also talked about something like that um uh in in india in our class but so they're recognized as their gender they're revered they're treated with respect they're given special responsibilities and then what the westerners came in and intentionally the missionaries like uh mistranslated the word so that it didn't it was kind of like connotated differently and so now there's not as much of an understanding but to think that that kind of tradition was revered. Also, Mahu just meant a lot of things, I think. But, like, it also meant men who dress or act or feel as women. So, like, but now you were talking about how drag queens or Mahu on Hawaii are, they're really cool and, like, artistic and everything. But they're very likely to be, they're going to, their crimes are going to be committed against them at some point in their career. Oh, yeah. Really violent crimes and they're gonna have to they're a lot of times are really vulnerable to addiction and that kind of stuff and it just shows how something that was so well respected and everything is just turned into something that again we fucking turned on its head yeah and it's complete opposite now and it just like it kills me because like a lot of kumuhulas were just like hula teachers like yeah yeah, yeah. teachers they are mahu you know the best ones like they are like these fabulous gay men and it's just like there's a hawaiian teacher he's a new hawaiian teacher at my school he is literally amazing he's just like this like amazing mahu man i'm like you are everything like he's bringing hawaiian language he's just changing things and he has so much creativity and like he has so much passion about things and that's what i find that like every like kind of mahu from hawaii has they just have some sort of passion and creativity to them right but again they were fetishized and a lot of them have to go into prostitution and that kind of thing same thing with like women and and it's just because also women of color and indigenous women are often like targeted and they often have to become prostitutes because one they're not really given many as many opportunities but two they're sexualized their entire lives and expected to kind of fill that role. We like read about that in class too, about how in Morocco, like a lot of um, immigrants to France will like, they'll become prostitutes. And like, so then they're shamed in that society, but also what else are they going to do? Like a lot of them have no choice or they're pushed into that and they can make money with it. And sometimes women have to take advantage of that. But like the Mahu is such an interesting example of that. Like someone who's a Mahu, because it's just like you used to be like this sacred and like symbol like them being fetishized it's like so interesting to be like they're just like tan you know they're just like yeah just like they're just like you know like their skin just like darker you know and some of them like nowadays you know they're gonna be like mixed obviously yeah yeah yeah. no but it's still yeah so like everything was turned on its head and like no wonder there's so much just like how you were saying you like struggle with that kind of identity sometimes because it's just like, how are you supposed to consolidate those two sides? Like this side of you, that's like, you you know what I mean? Because you're being, these things are being forced on you all the time by this remaining trauma and, and change that happened from colonialism. You're seeing all these things and it's affecting you, but you also have this deep sense of connection with your Island and your family and the people in your community and everything. So it's like, you still have that, but you're being told to like hate each other for different reasons or to like, you know, it's just like, I've seen so many examples of like families and like, you know, 
guys or just like families that like they kind of like in kids like they just repeat like what their families done right. you know they just follow in the footsteps of like whatever they like their families do which is why like there are so many like uh firefighters in like hawaii like hawaiian firefighters and uh flight attendants that work for hawaiian airlines that get married and it's <laughs> such a trend and i see such a trend of like these like the, the same thing over and over again but yeah. what does worry me is like they are following the footsteps of their like parents and everything but what point like at what point can they not like survive on this island anymore because yeah. the jobs they have like they're not the best paying jobs like yeah. a lot of them are like it'll be waiters or like you yeah. know like mechanics and like a lot of like trade school jobs which do make money yeah. especially like in hawaii but like i do worry because at some yeah. point like in some way they're gonna get pushed out you know and like those are kind of like the families that are keeping like that community alive you yeah know? and Just, like native hawaiians actually have a higher unemployment rate on the island than than is typical on the mainland like the native hawaiian like than the average so like native hawaiian like the homeless rate of native hawaiians is like the highest yeah so the like i don't even know which is so because it's also like you were just saying hawaiian there's homes. these more tra- yeah and the traditional jobs that people are going into aren't can't sustain the prices that are being forced on them because like it's so hard for them to get education because the public schools in Hawaii are so overrun and overcrowded yeah. with so many kids. And you had to pay a lot to go to like a good school. Like I was paying $26,000 my oh. last year there. Yes. First cuz cuz I mean but that's the only way you could get such a good education on yes, island like because with money for Yeah, cuz public schools are so overrun. And it's like it and who's mainly in the public schools? When my mom, like, graduated, like, high school, maybe this is in, like, late 70s, she graduated with 700 people in her class in a public school. 700 people. I, like, it's probably, because, it's, yeah. it's, but, like, for the island of Oahu, that's, like... A lot. Because yeah. Oahu is not... Like, Oahu is the, literally one of, like, not as... The Big Island's the biggest island, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oahu also, it's interesting because there's a lot of history of, like, appropriation and just, like, taking land on that island. I think I think I actually did read in this this article that... People have like, such a misinterpretation of, like, what they think Hawaii is and, like, I how know. Hawaii is. And I'm like, no, please. Yeah, so... Um, in Oahu, 22.4% of the land is controlled and owned by the U.S. military. There are so many military bases all across the island. Like, uh, Kanaohe Bay, you cannot swim in there. There's so many toxins dumped in there from yeah. the base. Yeah, oh my... And it's just like, I had a canoe race there, and I was, like, at one point I was, like, in the water, and I was like... Am I gonna die or something? Yeah. Like, I was so scared. I'm like the fact that like so awful. Why did you think that was right to do to my like to do to like Oahu like to any of these islands? It's, not. it's like the Bikini Atoll. Why do you think that was okay to do? Yeah, what? And then you had to bring all those people from Bikini Atoll to like Oahu, like to Hawaii. Like, <sighs> like they were fine on their island. They were fine. You just had to go blow it up. Oh my god. Huh? Yeah, huh? No, just like the way that land has been systematically taken away from you. People are having to deal with more and more crap. But then it's nobody's stopping it. No it's like nobody's nobody's looking out what for baffles me too. What kills me is that <laughs> they move like, you know, if they don't want to deal with people, you know, or just like, you know, crackheads or people that have like well yeah, everyone says like crackheads or just like people that the government doesn't want to deal with. Okay. That need more help. Yeah. yeah. They, so they all just dismiss are them. moved yeah. into the west side. Like deep into Wine and this like and that's why everyone's so scared of Wine yet they have the best beaches and now deep in Wine all the way at the tip near one of the best beaches in Makaha Valley they're building homes there and they're advertising it and the amount of people that live in that Makaha Valley and especially in this one like there are these two apartments there only two in all of Wine and all of it's just filled with like old white people that are retired there oh and my. you'll see like all throughout just like all these like homes and all these like families are all like struggling to live there and then all in the back of Macaw valley all of these like two big ass nice apartment buildings all these nice houses being built all nice beaches and it's just like all i want is my plot of land in Macaw valley and to think that's going to be taken away yeah. by a bunch of like pe- like outsiders coming in and like we're retiring the there and it's just like it's like you're taking place, space away from 
people who are already having to leave, like families that are already dwindling on the island, like your siblings just one by one have left. Like it's just like <laughs> everybody's that's just a, leaving. That's such a common theme in my family because yeah. we are such a military family as well. So all my cousins think they have some big duty to go like serve <laughs> in the air force or go to Navy or something. And I'm like, what's wrong with you guys? Oh yeah. And I'm also reading here in the, in the same article that it was saying like, um, uh, on, on, by, is that Waikiki on the east side? Yeah, Waikiki saying? on the east Yeah, side. so by Waikiki, which you said already was, like, a fake beach that was marshland well, like, before. Waikiki, they literally take sand from, a, like, maybe, like, a couple miles out, bring it in, and then they, like, fill the beach. Oh, and the sand is just, like, it's, like, deep from the ocean, so it looks beach. like concrete. Like, it's yeah. very, it's very light sand. And, and that whole area is just tourist. And mm-hmm. so it's, like, luxury hotels, all this stuff. And they're saying, as you drive closer and closer to the west side, like, you get to a certain point, and it's just, like, dilapidated buildings. Like, it's just not taken care of at all. And who, like, mostly lives there is native yeah, like, point. that's also, like, you know what I hate is that that's wrong, too. Because the west side, why not? That's, like, why not? Like, yeah, the two last places that have the strongest sense of community. Yeah. Because... They are the one last places that, like, sometimes we don't really, like, mess around with them. They don't know yeah, what's going no, on back there. Yeah, no, that's good. But there are these, like, just tight-knit families back there. And, like, yeah. that's, like, the untouched parts of Hawaii that people don't even realize. And, like, yeah. there's so much homeless in Waikiki. Yeah, and because Waikiki, it's, yeah. My, Waikiki was literally marshlands. It was marshlands that they had to dredge up. And literally, they literally had to build all the Y Canal. Just so they could make people pay to come see. Just it. to, like, build, like... Because it was, like, oceanfront. And they already they liked ruined the a bunch of beaches. Oh and it kills me because God. now, for example, Sheraton Hotel, they have a seawall built up, even though seawalls are supposed to be illegal. And the waves are crashing right next, like, right onto the hotel. Like, there's no beach in front of them. And if sea level rise keeps going, all of, like, Waikiki is going to be gone. And then all of that debris is going to be swept into the ocean. And it's just, like... How much longer can you fill it with, like, backfill it till you can't backfill no more? Yeah. Because a tsunami is going to come and it's going to take out all of those hotels. It's like, you, you, you. So it's like, it's, these Hawaiians did not build on the shore. They literally built in the plains they in knew, the middle. Because they knew not. And it's just like, it, but no, no, because everyone wants to live on the beach, like, all in Miami, like, all in California. Like, yes. why do you think they have so many issues there and also along the East Coast? Yeah. Like, Mm-hmm. Yeah. right on the water like all these seawalls are so bad that that's why all of these beaches are disappearing because everyone's like i need to protect my home like no get right. out like right that you so, weren't supposed to be there in the first so place. the idea that like the west side is like dilapidated is literally just like what the white people think who just go and well, build yeah, the like shit like, on the because they then think the houses they, are like run down because like, they yeah. don't want to but it's it's good that some of those areas have been untouched you it know? is run down, but that's because, like... They don't these, want yeah, these you to mess like, with them. <laughs> like, these people, like, like stay They away. don't have enough money, too, to, like, rebuild, like, yeah. these places. Like, well, what are they supposed to do? That's like, the other thing. And if they are going to have, like, a newer, nice house, if you see newer, nice communities, it's, like, they're by, like, they're gentrified. Like, they're yeah, by, like, exactly. these big corporations exactly. who come in and build, like, mass communities. Right. And that's what they're trying to do in, like, Makaha Valley, which is, like, all the way at the edge. And it kills me that, like... Even people in, like that grow up on Oahu, like my friends, think Westside's some foreign, scary place. Yeah, and it's just like Westside is the best place on the island yeah. to me. They have the best beaches, the best food, and like the best people because <sighs> these people are so real and, and again, they care yeah. and they're actually about the island. Yeah, Macaw Valley, they literally have like a watch crew, and it's literally just all local residents that live in Macaw Valley that will come through and they'll like clear. They'll make sure tourists like aren't on the beach. You know, they'll clear like. You know, any, like, kind of, like, okay, there are, like, scary crackheads sometimes. <laughs> You're, like, those people out. No matter where you go, that they're going to be there, you know? Yeah. But just, everywhere. like, making sure the community is safe and making sure that it's, like, staying, like, a Wai'anae Macaw yeah. community. Not, like, a bunch of, like, tourists coming in community. Yeah. Because that happens yeah, they're taking over, gentrified, and then people can't afford to live there anymore who have lived there for a really the long time. The houses around me cost $900,000. And they're, like... I don't know how to explain it in a good way, but the area I live in is really a place that, you know, people thought, like, people were just like, you know, you don't want to live there. Like, you, like, don't want to live there. Like, it's too far away from, like, the, like, Waikiki and, like, Honolulu, like, the main central part yeah. of Oahu. You know, everyone wants to live on the east side. Yeah. Like, all <laughs> Waikai, Kahala, Kailua. But you have beautiful beaches over by where you live, too. Shh, don't tell 
don't tell the tourists. But it's just like it's crazy because people are all having to move out there. But it's just like these like yeah, you say you're building homes, but what local family is going to be able to afford a nine hundred thousand? Yeah, no, like you're building homes, but it's not helping the people who need homes. Yeah, and it's just like stop making Hawaiian homes so hard, like so hard to like. Yeah, get. what? Like, and the fact that how they build too is they're just trying to build fast and quick, and it yeah. kills me because. They build all on the flatlands and take away farmland. Yet they don't build on Makakilo neck, like on like mountainsides where there already is housing. They right. literally just need to like move over and start working on it more. Yeah. And just like, and the amount of like concrete that's all over Oahu that like causes so much runoff into like the water because it can't soak into the ground, which is why our aquifer- aquifers are depleting. Yeah. So it all runs off and all the dirt and all like from the concrete and all like that bacteria and stuff goes straight into the ocean. And that's why every time after you rain, you can't go to the beach because it's all brown water and everyone's like, oh, all the sharks are going to come out. And I'm like, why do you think all the coral reefs are dying? It's because everything that comes out is coming straight out to the ocean. And yet another example. And it all just sits and it just like suffocates the coral. Yeah. This coral is living. And people don't realize that. And because they just, again, because they just see the whole island as a freaking product they can buy. They don't see the coral reef as, as, like as living nature. Yeah. They don't see it as something that's living coral. and changing and moving and eating and whatever. They see it as a freaking picture, a pretty picture and a souvenir that they can rip off and take home. Like, you can't How do that. How many Japanese tourists? You know what? I, I actually like Japanese tourists because Japanese are so clean. If you see the streets of Japan... They have to pick up all their trash themselves and take it home with them. So <laughs> Japanese tourists got their stuff together. They're a little oblivious, though. I'll give them that, but they clean up their stuff. Yes. But so many people like weddings. Everyone wants their wedding in Hawaii. I don't want to wedding know. in Hawaii now. I'm like, and it just, oh, my like, God. That's so true. Me, I didn't just like, think about that. I look at them. like, like, it just crazy me. Like, this is, like, an experience for you. Like, you're in, like, Waikiki Beach. You're all in Wana Beach Park. All in Wana Beach Park, by the way, is the most, like, man-made piece of crap beach ever and they're like this is hawaii this is this beauty is and i'm like but again that makes it so easy for them to ignore like they come there they can use it as a pretty backdrop for their wedding but then they could ignore the fact that it's dying and that they oh, are yeah, contributing completely. to it so many people even people that grow up and live on oahu are so oblivious and like i won't even say like i won't even lie like yeah i was oblivious too but yeah i don't want to keep being oblivious and i yeah. don't want other people to be oblivious too exactly Exactly. Well, that's a wonderful note to end on. I think what we can learn from today is that Western colonialists like to come in, see these lands as women that are just ready for the taking, and then not only commodify that location and continually ruin the environment, but they can commodify the women there and fetishize them and anybody who's different and that they don't like. And they can take away the history and put their own in. And that leads to the suffering of the people who should have a right to that land in the first place. And that's why they ate Captain Cook. And that's why they ate Captain Cook. Thank you very much. Have a great night. Mm-hmm.